Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-op partner, Nave. Each pod, we play through a cooperative experience and relay to you, the listener, if this game is the criminal of the crime of co-op or something better off playing solo. Hey, Nave. What is going on, Philip? Well, Nave, you know we are a gaming podcast, right? Uh, sometimes. A little bit. I think we're teetering on the edge of not being a video game podcast anymore, but... <laughs> Yeah, but we usually, each episode, we talk about a game or so, and a couple episodes we've actually done where we don't talk about a game in particular, but we just kind of do our takes on it. How good do you think those episodes usually do? Those are our only episodes, it feels like. What do you mean? Like, usually we have, like, a specific game. What about, there's, like, the action sack of the E3 episode? Oh, yeah, those episodes do bad. Yeah, so we're doing one of those. The Halloween episode did really good. Oh, did it? Good. I haven't looked at those numbers. Anyways, let me introduce our guest, and then we'll keep going. We have... Now, do you like to go by Marco or Mark? You go by Marco. Yeah, most right. people know me that way. Okay, Marco and Zach from Audio Pong, which Audio Pong, Pong, not a podcast actually about video games, but it seems to be about everything. If you guys could give me like the, uh, the little chewy bit, like what is your show, if you could describe it to me. Yeah, so our show is uh, it's very conversation-based. We kind of talk about philosophy, our ideas on things. It's almost like an interview between the two of us. We uh, ask each other prompt questions about um, different topics. Like We just did our, our Halloween episode as well, and we talked about our experiences. I talked about how I really wasn't able, well, not able, not allowed to celebrate Halloween as a kid. But it also, you know, it came down to uh, religious aspects of my family and, and then things got more lax throughout the years and things like that, too. And Marco was talking about his experiences as well as a kid and growing up. And, you know, we also talk about our favorite kind of horror movies and things like that as well. So, you know, it's a, it's a wide variety of topics that we can even get through in one episode. And gaming. We often fall into some kind of gaming. Yeah, we, we did a whole episode on D&D. And, uh, and our experience with DMing and stuff like that, too. Uh, one of my favorite things about your show is always the intro, where you guys usually have a prepared, scripted bit, or at least, you know, you write out something like a quote from a, some famous person or uh, your whole D&D mini playthrough you did. It was like, would you like oh, play yeah. through this campaign? Yeah. I really like those bits. Thank you. Yeah, that's kind of my shtick. I like, uh, I like preparing some kind of intro, uh, something to listen to. And uh, because we, I've noticed, I'm sure you guys look at your own anal- analytics and it seems that some people just listen for like the first 15, 20 minutes and then they, they're out or, or even less. So if they're just in for that first intro or something small, you know, they can get it, I guess. Oh, is that yeah. true? That's horrible. Oh, we probably lose so many people then. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to start strong, right? That's uh, start strong, finish strong. Uh, we found you guys, or like we found each other when we first kind of like started out. We were like on episode three or something like that. And I was just listening to all the podcasts I could on Red Circle, trying to find people that had the spirit I was looking for. And I remember like listening to you guys and reaching out to you and you guys agreed. Then I even like shared you with Nave and Nave was like, dang, this sounds like a podcast. Like what would you say about it, Nave? You're like, this is a um, podcast I want to be on or something like that. Yeah, he's shown me like eight or nine different podcasts. And I was like, this is one that I kind of just want to just chill with these guys for sure. Like, 
the because uh, sometimes your conversations go exactly how my like stream of consciousness goes like mm. and there's like multiple like different deviations i don't know how much you listen to this podcast but i'm like the absolute worst at like keeping the conversation on track and uh, no, that's uh yeah yeah that's something we struggled with for sure is uh keeping a uh, a track of ideas it, it divulges into a, a litany of different uh experiences and topics that we go from in one episode it, i feel like it can get frustrating for some viewers but i don't know i kind of like that idea of just a stream of consciousness like you were saying yeah but it comes back to vampires a lot in your show from what i've That's noticed yeah yeah is that oh this is a good time to bring up what is that in the middle there i was like is that either oh, from yeah. vampire the masquerade yeah, okay. or that so that's um, um well the sword is uh the atlantean blade because i'm a huge conan fan that's probably my favorite i don't know lore of all time and then the painting is um of a character my brother uh, is also an avid vampire fan he plays a lot of ravenloft D that he dms and that's actually a, pa- a painting he got commissioned of his character petr von zorovich and i just i just oh, like wow. it he didn't like it but i like it so it sits in the back why not do you guys play any magic the gathering i didn't not really no i wasn't allowed to get into magic as a kid either so (laughs) that was another thing that was uh just wasn't there for me but i've I've seen a lot of lore for it and it it, because it's starting to merge with the D &D realm i guess they're they're trying to like bridge the two yeah and there's there's some cool like i like the idea of like uh the plane walker i think that's kind of cool like that you're i'm not sure if that you're born with it right but it's like a certain type of person that can like go through different realms yeah the well i'm not sure i'm not 100 percent on the lore but um my, my main reason why is because when i first started playing magic they were in a plane called innistrad and we're it's a plane of vampires and werewolves so it's inseparable uh, when i think of vampires i think of magic the gathering which is very strange that's a weird correlation to have but we are going <laughs> back to i say we like I work there, but they're going back to Innistrad right now. Like they're spoiling a bunch of cards and a lot of them are vampire and spirits and stuff. And it's the spooky land. And it's one of my favorite planes, not only because I first started there, but because the art direction is just so drastically different from all of the rest of the planes whenever they visit them. But it's still very Magic the Gathering when you like just from a layman's perspective, seeing a card. But you called it Innistrad. The, the main, the Dracula of D&D is Strahd. That's his oh. name. So I wonder if it's inspired by that, maybe. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah, probably. Not many Strahds, I would think, walking around. It's not like a family name. <laughs> but you guys, so what is, so a lot of your gaming, I noticed, so I brought up Pokemon earlier when we were talking before the show started. And I would get if I had to guess, is that like a big thing that for you guys growing up when you got into gaming, how did you get into gaming? Like when did it start for you? Were you kids or were you adults? Uh, I'll take this one. So growing up, I had an older sister and she had a Nintendo Entertainment System. And that was just what we had. Like and we would just play through Mario like one through three, Duck Hunt, Track and Field. That was just like what we played. That's what got me started on the Nintendo track. From there, of course, I won the Mario games, which my parents eventually got me a Game Boy, Nintendo 64, and that led into Pokemon, because Pokemon is huge as a media franchise. So I was indoctrinated very young. I even had like <laughs> all the Burger King. I had a Burger King, 
poster that had the Burger King toys from Pokemon on it. I wish I still had it, but I'm sure it was ripped to shreds whenever I was young and stupid. But that was good times. What about you, Nate? I I guess I could plug the Game Positive podcast real quick. If you guys want to hear, if anyone of the listeners want to hear a deep dive into my video game history, uh, for two and a half hours I talked with a guy uh, on a podcast called Insert Coin. Actually, I think it's still called Game Positive. And the series is called Insert Coin, but uh, he breaks your life up into four quarters, and then you just discuss each quarter, like in regards to years. So you just talk about the games that came out there. And again, it, it, there's very little note taking. So like this episode, I'm sure everyone can tell is a little different. We have like no notes this time, so we are like flying by the fucking seat of our pants right now. Or is That's that the like That's good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that episode of his podcast was very much like that. So I have a hard time keeping it together since I'm the primary person talking. Yeah, uh, I my dad, uh, he basically used video games as like an expensive toy. He's like, this is expensive, so it must mean that I love you. So he he would buy me different video game consoles whenever I would see him like periodically throughout my life. And um, I never really was into gaming until I met Philip in high school. So I definitely played a lot of games, but I feel like a lot of kids our age kind of grew up. And like, e- even if you were just, even if you had no game consoles, you probably went over to a friend's house and like saw a Sega Genesis or something, you know, or, an, or a PlayStation right. or something. A uh, question we always ask people that come on our show, if you guys have any like formative co-op memories or just like, a time oh, you were yeah. gaming together with a brother or, um, you know, best friend. Something kind of notable that is a core memory. Well, I miss, for me, what I miss the most is couch co-op because I, I grew up with that. For sure. Um, and my brother was my first friend. So, and we spent a lot of time. We still spend a lot of time together. Um, and there's a lot of memories that, uh, you know, unfortunately, like when I was a really good gamer, like good at FPS games and things like that. Uh, there wasn't social media, so I couldn't gain followers for the really cool shit I was pulling off. I can only now try to convince <laughs> people that I used to be that good. Gotcha. But yeah, but um, so that's what I miss is those really like intense emotional moments in like shooters or a boss battle. And like one great couch co-op game that I'll mention is uh, Champions of Norath. From which was what PlayStation 2? Yeah. I think. Yeah. So for me, that's kind of a later console. Uh, because I I started like you faster with Nintendo and and earlier stuff. But um, but yeah, I I really miss that. You 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 really don't get the same effect anymore with multiplayer. Uh and and really aren't games designed around that and when I think about it, there's not yeah, I would say that most um co-op games today are mostly shooters, like back in Back in my childhood, um, like you said, Champions of Norath, that was really good. Lord of the Rings, the games that were based off the movies, those were really good. I used to play that with my cousin all the time. Um, every time the same I company, too, Snowblind, I think. They're the same developers, at least. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Mortal Kombat, you know, I used to play that a lot as a kid, too. Uh, play that with my brother. It was one of the few games my dad would play with me as well, so that was fun. Um, my brother would just give up whenever I'd play games with him that was, like, competitive. So that was always very frustrating because I hate when people like just give up in the middle of something. It's like, no, let's just finish this. But he wouldn't, he wouldn't have it. He wouldn't never finish anything. What a coward. 
<laughs> I used to be that way too. That too, right? Oh uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that All Philip right. used to do that to me in Smash Brothers, or I would do it to Philip because oh. he would—he's just like he plays Smash Brothers and I don't, so like he would just stand on the ledge and just smack me down every time I tried <laughs> to get back, and I would just be like, "Okay, can we please play Halo so I can snipe the shit out of you?" He's like, "No." I need some payback. I some want vengeance. to. We gotta play Smash. I, I made enemies in Smash, especially in the 64 Smash, because I was a Marth player, so down in B, which just reflect all day long, drove everybody insane. They did not counter me, because I had the best counter. But um, okay, so I I wanted to uh, shoehorn something in here. I wrote down some questions, oh. and I was thinking we could roundtable it and just see what everybody's answers are, and uh, just randomly we'll start with you, Nave, if you're cool with that. That's fine. Are you ready for question number one? Let's do it. This is a pretty simple question. Um, what's the most intense video game experience you can recall, or just an intense one? And it could be, uh, for example, like it made you cry, or it made you just laugh hysterically, or it's just memorable because it was so well written. I have a hard time not saying Yakuza, and I don't want Philip to disconnect mm. from the call because he's so tired oh of you. It, it comes up That's every episode. Game. But Yakuza 6 was just a few weeks ago i beat yakuza 6 and i played the whole series for the past like two years it feels like and i at the very end of the game right before the first credit roll i was just it i was so emotional like it wasn't just that like the bow that they tied the story up with it was also like the accumulation of all of the memories of everything throughout the entire game all the characters you meet all of like the situations you get in and i was actually like just sobbing like just tears flooding out of my eyes i was like this is it was just so intense and i i kind of i kind of equate it to like the end of like a really good tv show that you like or an anime or something like i don't get to experience that very often because i'm not really one to sit down and watch something i have a really hard time sitting still you're gonna see because you guys can see my camera feed you're gonna see i'm gonna start fidgeting and spinning in my chair and shit doing something weird but um yeah being able to sit down and just get through that entire story arc and it is like hundreds of hours it's there's so much game in those games i was very overwhelmed the stories are excellent yeah i agree with that for sure that's a good choice all right well you pick uh, the next victim then we'll just bounce it that way the last person who spoke let's give it to uh zach you know Story-driven games are my favorite games for sure. Like I, I don't play much, uh, like uh, like shooters. You know, like Call, Call of Duty and things like that. I don't play like online with people. But I can't remember any real memorable story endings that like really got to me. But I remember the first God of War had the hardest boss for me. I don't know if it was just my age or if games were just that much harder. And you know, but God of War trying to kill Ares, I was just like. It took me like an entire day. Like it was forever. <laughs> that that was my like big like like intense moment for video games. Like I will finish this and it's gonna get done and I, I'm gonna kill Ares <laughs> and I'll become Committed. the guy. I don't know how you guys uh, feel about like when when you get stuck on something like that, you just have to do it right now. Cause I have this horrible oh, problem with multi like like juggling a lot of things at once. And so, not not exactly multitasking, but um, I will have, like, eight or nine games in my head. Like, I'll play eight or nine games in, in one day. And 
like story games, RPGs, shooters, like I'm just juggling everything. And if I feel like if I have a negative experience as my last moment in a game, if I come back, I might feel that negativity and like remember what I was fe- going through before and then be less inclined to play the game. Oh no, I, I that's why MMOs are dangerous for me because I I do have like an a completionist OCD, and that's why I actually really hate like things like dailies um, or in any in any game. That's just some it's like work, but for me it has a reward attached to it. So my brain is just on that it hits the button the feeder button. I just have to keep I have to do it. So I have to yeah I have to pull myself away uh, often actually. As Philip knows, and that I get, I get addicted to like clicker games. So I, it takes out the game part, like of the. It's the same thing as the MMO with the dailies and stuff, but there's no game. You just press a button, and it's then numbers. numbers get bigger. It's like as 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 boiled down as you possibly can get. But you would be surprised how easily you could become addicted to something like that. And at least twice a year, I get addicted to a different game that's just that, with different pictures. Oh, I know. I've been to Vegas. That's all. It's, that's pretty much all it is. Is clickers and uh, stunning visuals to lock you in. It's like a, a psychological effect. I think actually we've talked about that to some degree before. I feel like we've had to have because I've I've done research on um, the serotonin and everything from like uh, video slots like and a stuff dopamine like that. Fix. Yeah, the dopamine, yeah. yeah, and how it like it just hits all your reward factors. It's got bright flashing lights. It's got big sounds. It's everything. You know, the only thing you're missing is sugar. <laughs> i mean um, they give away free drinks just yeah. walking around yeah so yeah i mean yeah you're right they hit everything <laughs> me and my friend steven would used to go to a casino uh just out of town in our hometown and just when we were thirsty we were like i kind of want some dr pepper do you want some dr pepper he's like yeah let's go hit some slots and just drink some dr pepper <laughs> that, that's all we were there for <laughs> It sounds like some expensive Dr. Pepper. <laughs> oh, we would only spend like 15 bucks and just drink Dr. Pepper for like four hours, like just as much as we could. Because oh uh, it was, I don't know how casinos are outside of Oklahoma, but most of them will just, they'll just bring you Dr. Pepper or beer or whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially like, yeah. I mean, like in not small town per se, but I mean, Vegas is just like a grand example. But yeah, I mean, even like where we live, we have a city called Joliet and they have a casino there and there's, casinos north of us too yeah uh and they're Elgin. pretty casual like yeah, that you know they boat. want everybody to, they want everybody in there they're, that's why they're all friendly they you know bring your money man you know yeah bounce it zach who's next all right let's go to philip what was your most intense video game session all right when you said most intense before i heard y'all's answer i was thinking more like the most like high emotion not necessarily in the game but just no, in yeah, the yeah. environment i was thinking so we talked about Smash earlier, and of course, that's led to many uh, semi-controller spikes and whatnot. But what really always got my blood pumping was League of Legends. If we're talking about an addiction once again, because everyone talks about how addictive League is. But the amount of times me and Nave will be playing, or I'll be playing with my wife, Jana, or another one of our friends, the more people we have in a party that are all in comms, the louder we get. So we are just screaming over every like little play. Like... Someone will just call like Nave, like be like, I'm going in, I'm dropping in mid because Nave's usually our jungler. And then like whoever else will be in mid and be like, all right, man, let's do this. Dive, dive, dive. And then you just see like the the first blood or the like if you just see both of them get killed by the turret, it's even funnier because it's like, what are you doing, <laughs> man? You idiot. Why would you go in right then? Like 
of course, because in league, the most toxic people you're going to encounter are your own team, you know? And, <laughs> it's all, yeah. Yeah. And so those moments are just incredible. And it's, it's just, especially if it's like a super chill ARAM or something like that. And the more, like, my, my favorite thing to do is just getting, like, as many people we can in a custom game. Nave hates this because usually I'm, like, on the winning team. And we always, like, yeah. force Nave to go on the other team to balance it out because we're, like, the closest in skill. And man, it is so fun if we can just get, like, you a 3v3 ARAM. Oh, yeah. It's you can never get away. Yeah. You're always in league. It's a very... I, I used to play a lot. I mean, it's been a while. I think... Um, oh, man, it's it's been a long... The last time I played it like seriously they had the new character was the double axe guy i don't even remember his name sounds Ola? like draven? I with a draven yeah draven yeah. was brand new so that's some years back i think now that's the time yeah, that was way but, back uh, yeah no i used to be uh, i used to be really good with um the prince Jorah? Yarvin. i forget it. i've never Yarvin. played yeah, Yarvin. Never oh seen. no yeah no, i don't even know the well, lore, see, I'm, lore. I, my problem with those games i'm really really competitive and and I, I'm much better now, but when I was younger, I mean, I would have cold sweats. My hands would shake because I would get so involved with it. And maybe actually making after listening to your story, that makes me think like that should have been my choice. But mine was um, actually uh, the writing in a game from um, Soul, Re uh, like it's Soul Reaver, Legacy of Kane. I don't know if you guys played PlayStation 1 LOK games. Um Actually, it was Soul Reaver, Soul Reaver 2, now that I think about it. But basically, it was, a, it was a moment in a writing. I didn't, until this moment, think that video game writers could be as good as, say, the greats or, you know, or be as clever in, in, in like what the storytelling put forth. And for me, it was finding out Raziel is the Soul Reaver. Well, I didn't put that together for some reason throughout the storyline. <laughs> it came together at the end for me. And then it just brings, it's such a great way to like... I'm a very picky person when it comes to like store, uh, time travel stories. You know, I I don't like when they try to like get too involved with it. And this was kind of like a time travel story. Okay. But it looped together really well. And just for everything to come to a head like that was sort of, it was very impressive. It's something I'll never forget. But that's a really good one. I Yeah. Like the, the, how intense a PVP games can get is definitely like a runner up for me as well yeah i get really mad on um oh what's the the soccer with the cars rocket league rocket oh league. I, get, yeah. I get real mad on rocket league i i have the angry i have the angry too man philip i feel bad for everyone that has to deal with me when i'm in that state i will get incredibly oh, yeah. mad yeah it's probably a good thing i don't have a mic when i'm on the, the playstation <laughs> It's therapeutic. It's like an out. That's why, see, now games are like, LOL is obviously really strict about like their toxicity. Yeah. But back in the day, toxicity was just part of the game. I mean, I remember yeah. playing Day and Feet, which was a mod for the first Half-Life, right? I don't know if you guys ever played Day and Feet. I played the Source version. Okay. Yeah, like the yeah. newer one. Yeah. yeah. So that it's that's the same game. But back then when it was just mods, I mean, you could funnel in. They used to have a spray paint feature in the old yeah. half-life games so you could put any picture you wanted in there and boy we did <laughs> so i mean it was so tight we talked the maddest shit possible i mean it was so vile i mean it, today's atmosphere that just would be a no-go there's too many people are too sensitive i feel like now for that kind of thing which is not fly but yeah i mean it was therapy man you know yeah let it which, out yeah for to, sure. to get into that a little you know they just disabled all chat in league of legends I did like, not know that. You cannot talk to the enemy team anymore at all. 
at first, I mean, custom games. At first, I was like, that sound like, why would they do that? It's so annoying. But then I thought about it, and I was like, has there ever been a good situation where, like, <laughs> talking to the enemy team, like, benefited us <laughs> emotionally? Well, I mean, no. there's the occasional game where you have, where you're in, like, a normal, and everyone's just jovial, you know, the one in yeah. the 20 game. But usually, I, especially me, I am a little bit of a, I'm a little braggadocious. <laughs> so oh, dude. I'll just be like, yeah. Oops, as soon as I kill someone or something, like I'll do that. So there's a little poke. I, if I would argue actually that that is the point of an all chat is to talk shit. Oh well, yeah. Because you that's sort of the stable your opponent, right? You yeah. Wanna, you want to mannerings a thing. Yeah. But are you going like, to do that in a uh, grandmaster chess match? Like, are you just gonna be like, and be like, you dumped on scrub, <laughs> dude? I would watch that. Are you kidding? And I love chess. Like, I used to play daily. Oh, that's such a good idea. There you go. That's a million dollar idea. Talk like shit just, chess. Like they just make it. They make a, a move and take a piece, and they're like, your intellect is in question, my friend. He's <laughs> <laughs> about to move. I wouldn't do that. It's not a move I would take. <laughs> God. Quite the curiosity you are, my friend. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> like you talk about the usefulness of all chat, but I feel like I've had my best encounters in League, like just whenever I was started playing like solo top lane, because something about top lane, you're in your own galaxy up there by yourself in this other laner, and you're literally just like, oh, yeah. on guard, chap. You know, like, I'll meet you up there. And let's, let's do a tussle. Yeah. And it's like, you'll play him and I'll just be like, well played. Like, you know, like if someone dies, you throw out the WP. Uh, if they go for like a mad play and it actually like pays off and you're like, wow, that was incredible. Like great Fiora work, <laughs> but any other lane, it's just non-existent. Well, it's, I feel like all the, the conquest, what do they call it in conquest? I think it's a smite term, but that's what it is, right? It's, it's yeah. the laning game map. Summoner's that is, to me, like several mini games in one. Like, everybody's got different jobs. It's very role-specific. Uh, and I wonder if they intended that originally. Because I know even League of Legends is based off of a mod, right? Um, yeah. It was a... No, it's based off of Dota, called. which Dota was a mod for Warcraft 3. That's right. Defense of the Agents. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Well, I just... It's really clever. I never... Because I never played the mod off of Warcraft 3. I didn't even know people modded warcraft 3 until um i think actually until lol came out i had no idea that people were doing that that, that was becoming a new way to competitively game i mean from an art from what is a you know essentially an rts game it is an rts game warcraft 3 well don't worry blizzard killed it well yeah yeah blizzard to me is like george lucas the artist killing his own art <laughs> and if that offends you then <laughs> we don't have to go there <laughs> I have a friend That's who is a pretty avid Star Wars, uh, Star Wars enjoyer, and I, what's the word for that? <laughs> I don't know. But, Enthusiast um, fan. Fan is probably what my simple. Yeah, like what a like, Trekkie is someone who likes Star Trek. What is a Star Wars? I don't know. I really like thing. the meme thing. He's an enjoyer oh, of it. You <laughs> always see the memes. It's like Dark Souls one enjoyer, and then Dark Souls two like Cretan, and it's always like Dark Souls two is bad because I mean like. 19 dark souls facebook groups that's how it always comes down to that's another game but I, we could do i think a podcast on that because i'm i'm a kingsfield fan all the way back from like ps1 and that's where that's where the origins of demon souls and dark souls comes from because those are extremely moody difficult immersive games i mean they kicked your ass 
And back then it was just like, oh, okay, I got to go back to my last save. Oh, that was an hour and 45 minutes ago. You know, when you're a kid, though, time, what do you care about time? I care about time now when I get <laughs> Yeah. 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 Even then, I, ne- I never enjoy the grind. Like, I hate grinding in video games. Um, Shadow of War does a good job about it, though, like uh, the Lord of the Rings game. Um, you don't really feel like you're grinding. You're just going around killing orcs, but you're like leveling up at the same time. So it's like, but you don't really, it doesn't feel like a grind because it's so enjoyable just to kill those things. Plus they make each like orc captain feel like its own mini boss or its own character opposed to just another orc you kill. They have a lot of personality to them too. Cause like they'll, if they kill you, they level up and everything. And they yeah. like, you know, they get like a vendetta against you and they come back sometimes with like a missing limb and a prosthetic. Like this is intense. Yeah. They really nailed that one. Old Assassin's Creed, Lord of the Rings. So you guys always try to hit some uh, deeper level stuff, a lot deeper than we kind of usually go on our podcast. So here's my question for y'all. So we all know kind of a competitive nature in humans, like when we game, when we play sports, that usually harkens back to like our competitive nature for survival, such as like hunting, gathering, just survival overall. Now, we are a cooperative gaming podcast, but we don't often take a look about what in the cooperative actions we do in gaming that kind of like spark that special, that like feeling in our monkey lizard brains that want us to keep going to work together that that warm glow you get whenever you like you move the puzzle piece so your friend can make it through the maze type deal you guys have any like kind of thoughts on that subject well if you don't mind i'll i'll say something first yeah, go ahead um yeah. that touches on i think it was i don't know if carl young is the first one to, to write about that but um even altruism at base is a selfish uh, notion, right? Uh, you you don't do anything without the argument is this: you don't do anything, no matter how altruistic, without uh, feeling reward from it. Now that that's a good thing. That sounds selfish, but it's actually a good thing because it's what motivates a better outcome, uh, and, and it can motivate motivate a better outcome for the other person that you're doing this for, even though you are finding some reward from it. So I would say in cooperative gameplay that exists in any version of that, even if it's puppies playing, you know, or, or humans playing, you know, brothers playing together on a couch, uh, a video game on a couch, that's the the same effect is taking place. Uh, He's learning, we're teaching each other, for example, what we're good at, what we're bad at and what we're bad at. Hopefully the other one can pick up the pace in, right? Cause that's, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the essence to me of teamwork is that uh, yeah, you, you pick up each other's faults and, right. and, and you help each other's strengths. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's what's really good and healthy about cooperative play. Now, what's interesting to me is that I think I'm kind of rare in this. I don't know. I've never really talked about it with a lot of people, but certainly growing up and even online gaming, I like to play competitively even with my friends. Uh, I like I like dueling, for example, in an MMO or, you know, like... Uh, yeah. You know, you, you put together a character build for those who don't know, and then you sort of test your skill with that build, the choices you've made for your character against another player who has made his own independent choices on his character's prowess, abilities. Um, so I love that because I learned so much from it. Now, I think a lot of people that don't like that don't like it because it's comp- competition between friends, or in this the example that I'm giving. 
Uh, so I'm kind of, I feel like I'm not unique, but I, I often found that when I try to do that with my friends, they're not in there. They don't want to do it or it doesn't really? last long. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like a mortal Kombat game doesn't last long, especially if I start winning, they just, ah, eh, you know, See, but on the other hand, I don't know. Cause like, okay. So when it comes to competitive nature, I, I, I love competitive, competitive, being competitive boosts your testosterone. Which I mean, if you're working out, you're trying to find every way to boot, to do to, to level out your hormones and boost that testosterone, especially as you get older. Um, also, just being competitive makes you better at that, and it helps. It, it teaches both of sides. I would say being competitive is is very useful, um, especially in like rough and tumble play, um, like like even if it is on a video game, you know, but like more so in in the and uh you know real space uh you can you learn about your body and how, how what hurts what doesn't hurt um how where how you move in space and things like that too i and i and i enjoy competitive i think you can be competitive and and friendly at the same time like you don't need to be enemies to, and technically that is cooperation you're yeah, cooperating for sure you're not actually hurting the other person's learning or abilities or right you're not you're not trying to dominate the other person Mm -hmm. and make them feel bad you're just you know you're you're making each other stronger which i think Uh, is is very useful maybe you're not playing right then if you're not trying to dominate him (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean the ego plays its part too i who doesn't like to win and and when i said earlier that i'm competitive that is you know i'm a i'm an attention whore and i think zach can attest to that like if I go up on extroverted, yeah, I am. If I go up on stage, it I actually get more confidence the more people are listening to me, right? The bigger the audience, the, the more comfortable I feel. I actually feel very awkward in front of a smaller audience, like you know, two or three people. Um, and not everybody gets that. I, I know what you mean though, because it's like you you feel the focus, right? Like everyone's looking at you. And in, like, in, in my way, that yeah. So like, yeah. if every if I if ten if ten people turns into a thousand people. And this it's is a little mess. off track it's just here, a mass of but nothing. they're all they're all expecting the same thing from me. Let's say that helps me focus, yeah. and it happens in game. The reason why I mentioned because it, it happens to me in gaming, okay. which is kind of why I like an audience in competitive play. But my ego, my ego, the selfish side of that for me is that I would rather people watch me play a game than I watch them play a game. I lose interest very fast in that if it's not comedy based. I totally agree because I I don't understand how Twitch is a thing because who wants to watch people play games? Like I never got that. Like <laughs> I don't want to watch you play a game. I want to go play the game. Like that's why I can't watch sports either. Because right? it's like I just want to go do the sport. Like I want to go play football. You know, it's like um, yeah. It's, it's, except for sumo, for some reason sumo is the only sport <laughs> I enjoy watching. I, I don't know why. There's something about it. Maybe it's because. Of it. There's no way I could ever be a sumo. <laughs> too too tall and lengthy. Nah, don't you know? say that. Well, not to divulge like too far from the initial point, but uh, the only like actual kind of sport I feel like I watch is professional league play, and that's just to see the like mastery of the craft. If you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like oh, besides yeah, that, yeah. I agree with your stance on that. Well, no, so, it's interesting to me. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, oh, I was just if you got something to say on that, go for it. No, I was just going to add that uh, what I do find in re- interesting and respect about competitive video gaming is that uh, it's sort of mind versus mind. There's no, yeah, there's some physicality involved, obviously the speed of, you know, hand-eye coordination, but there's no, there's no gym time involved. You know what I mean? There's no, you're not, uh, there's no endurance, not really. Uh, it's all really a practice of the mind. Like mm. if you could take chess and, you know, amp it to a, up to 11, but that's all I was going to say. Yeah, I get that. 
So, Nay, do you have any feelings on uh, cooperation versus competition or kind of like what we look for in our games? Like philosophically or just my experience? Yeah, man, just like this is our chance to like dig deep. Like we've never had an episode where we actually talked about our feelings besides the rock band episode, probably. <laughs> yeah, well, that you just snatched it away from me. I was going to just talk about rock band a little bit more, I guess. Well, go ahead. I just played a, an absolute ton of it yesterday, and I'm in like a Discord group with my crew. And we had two different bands playing simultaneously, and we're just talking, just mad shit to each other in the chat, just for no reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, in the in Rock Band Four, the newest rendition of the game, um, you, if you add people on your friends list, you can see your score in real time as you pass your friends. So, um, oh, in the oh, mid, in the like... middle of the song, so it's pretty neat. It'll just pop up like, hey, you just passed uh, this X person. And so it always there's there's three really talented drummers in our in our crew and they are battling it out all the time and I'm kind of a jack of all trades master of none so I don't get a lot of opportunities to go oh shit I beat I just beat our lead vocalist in this like I gotta go talk shit now even though this person yeah. probably hates this song they can't sing uh, you know um, what is it somebody Decent to voice. love by Queen I don't know that's the first song that came to my head but um it's like yeah, it's uh, it's it's very cooperative, and it used to be a lot more competitive. But there are no competitive, besides the rivals challenges, there are no direct competitive uh, features in the game. So that's a little disappointing. You can't go head to head score duel, you know, like in person. But... I missed that. Yeah, Rock Band used to I was be huge. Say rock Band, you got to do that. Yeah, I mean, you said bars. The, every bar around here used to have like a Rock Band night. And they oh, had like really? a competition. Yeah, dude, it was big like back in the day. We're like, especially with Guitar Hero too. They used to have like competitions, and it was funny to me because these guys who, I mean, and I'm not dissing them, but they clearly don't go to bars, so they would come out for these competitions, <laughs> and they're just they just blow everybody away. I mean, they're just masters of it, you know. And That's I so I always funny. thought that was really interesting. I love the drumming on that too. I got rid of my my Rock Band two like gear recently. Yeah. But I used to know a guy who was a professional drummer. And what was interesting to me is that he could not play the drums on Rock Band. Hmm. It was too different. And I was curious how like, like how different could it really be, but he could not do it. Yeah, because those games kind of started as a training tool. Like that was the, that was the idea behind them. The Guitar Hero wanted to be able to train like people to, to be just to get the kind of feel for a guitar. Yeah, I think it all comes yeah. down to legibility. Um, you have to learn to read. It's basically learning sheet music essentially if you're talking about the drums because that, that's the only instrument that i mean besides singing which is obviously just singing into a, mm. into a microphone but um the drums are the closest thing to the real thing but even then you have to train your brain that the red button means snare right you have to it's mm. cause obviously not a snare it's just a pad and all the pads look the same except with the with the colored rim um one interesting thing is to because since i've since i've been really getting balls deep into playing real guitar my skills at rock band have atrophied like incredibly mm -hmm. like i i am losing all of my skills all of a sudden uh my fingers slip off of the guitar neck all of the time like the, the plastic one because i'm mm. trying to my brain i like i'm so familiar with the song i can play i can i can imagine it in my sleep and then my brain is like that's not the same string you need to go down to you need to go to a higher string <laughs> And I'll slip off of the, and I'll just miss like four notes because I'm like, oh no, what's going on? I, it's because so, I used to play on expert, just be like crazy good. Now I'm playing expert and like embarrassing myself because half oh, of the song no. all of a sudden vanished. But 
It's a night and day difference. I agree. Having I plan to go back to guitar playing because I'm really bad at it. I used to practice, but it's a, yeah. It, it there's just something different about it. It's a different rhythm. It's a, oh, it's a whole different mechanical function anyway. But I yeah. get that. Did you ever play uh, Rocksmith? Because that's like where you oh, actually yeah. plug in your guitar. So yeah. I was wondering if that if that's the, pretty. I have the cable right here plugged into my computer. But oh, um, so uh, is that a, do you find that to be a good tool for learning? It's spectacular, but that was where I was going to go after that part was uh, Rocksmith, again, is like is specifically like learning how to read tabs in a different way. And mm. one of the coolest things on YouTube is watching like really talented professional guitar players go and play Rocksmith for the first time. And just they're like, I know how to play Bullet for My Valentine. Let's play Scream Aim Fire. And all of a sudden they're trying to they're like, I'm not looking at the screen. I'm just going to play it. But it's because mm -hmm. they'll look at the screen. They're like, how? does anyone look at this and it makes sense but you do slowly get better there's a twitch streamer to touch on something you guys were talking about before i don't really watch twitch either but there is one type of twitch streamer i like to watch and those are uh rocksmith streamers that are just really talented that at guitar and know how to read the 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 charts really easily um you on the pc you can download custom dlc very easily so i have like a a, a shit ton of you know, Tool and Gojira and, and Lamb of God and stuff all in my, like that never oh, popped awesome. up in the normal DLC on Rocksmith. But yeah. they, you just download all of that stuff for free from people who are passionate about guitar and go and chart them themselves. Oh, they translate it over. That's really cool. And um, so there are guys who are really talented at just sight reading. Sight reading being like, I don't, I don't know how to play this song. I'm just like going off of what the screen is saying. And uh, one of my favorites is Chain Brain. I don't know if I brought him up. I don't know if I mentioned You've him. You've mentioned in that him like twice anywhere. now in our history okay oh okay i mean i meant like in that story just in case oh, it's, no. this is always someone's first episode philip oh it's okay always someone's first. <laughs> we are he's very funny one of the things i just last night because we were drinking played rock band and we played a twilight of the thunder god by amana marth i'm not sure if you guys are familiar mm -hmm. yeah, oh, yeah 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 hell yeah it's awesome band but um I just, we saw him like in concert yeah, in concert a boat and everything like three four years ago awesome we probably saw him in the same tour uh he they came through oklahoma and on the same day uh slipknot was here so when we got to the venue there was maybe like eight eighty people in the audience so and it's so we were like all the way up in front of the stage and amon and marth was just like they were like talking to us you know what i mean in between songs they were like they just like looked down at us and be like you Thank you for coming here. We know Slipknot's here. This is insane <laughs> that, you, that you're here instead of there. Like that mosh pit like, must have been awesome. It was That's scary. Like the meeting of the know. clouds. <laughs> the, the thing about the mosh pit is that there was like no, there wasn't a wall that was reliable. So if you got shoved into the wall, likely you were taking that person down because there wasn't really people behind them. Either. Oh, there's no one to support you. <laughs> yeah, because it's like a big ballroom. It's and so like people are interspersed so like there's like 50 people up at the stage and then like the the other 30 are like around the back like near the bar and stuff like normal but normally there's like hundreds of people in there so it was it was very it's like a tornado i could just break out anywhere yeah yeah just, i've been to a lot of like local concerts um growing up and for, for like rock bands and they were always really small, like no more than 80 people. There's, there's, it's doubtful there was ever 100 people at a, at a local concert like that. And yeah. the mosh pits there were probably like some of the hardest hitting mosh pits I've ever been a part of because we're just a small town. You know, you got nothing to do and there's a, you know, there's a music going on and people are just going ham. 
Like I flipped a dude. <laughs> like he charged <laughs> me, and I, and I got underneath him and flipped him over my head. And that you know, like I'm an pretty I tall because I'm like six feet. <laughs> so that was a bit of a drop for this kid. That's how Zach and I became friends. I think he threw me to the ground. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> well, we were playing. Going back to being competitive, so we were playing this game called Flag Wars. Oh yeah, Wars. good co-op story. And uh, you know, I like you know, I get involved. You know, so what you do is uh, you have that we're in the sand, right? This sand pit, and you got a flag post on either side, and you got a, like this little Nerf football, and you got to throw it at the at the post to knock it down, right? And uh, I don't remember what exactly happened, but like I come around and I'm trying to distract Marco, right? And I like scream like rah, and then he's just like oh, and then like he comes up to me, you go, he gets. I'm gonna real give close. it back. Yeah, I'm like, well, if you can do that shit to me, I'm gonna do it to you. Yeah, and I'm so, the new employee. So yeah, this is like, this is like one of the first times we've ever met, right? And uh, he comes running at me, and he, he gets all big in my face like rah, and I like just like, huh, just like push him back, and, like <laughs> like one punch, and he just like. Oh, flat on his back. I just started laughing right away. I'm like, this motherfucker. Well, he scared me, right? So, you know, you know the flight or fight, flight or fight response. I got no flight. It's always fight, you know. So it's like, I'm I'm hitting back right away. You, know? you make me think of the guy. Like, there's a, there's a famous video for me at least where he's like, some dude comes up to a house where a guy's pretending to be a scarecrow for Halloween, mm. and he jumps up to scare this big guy, mm. and the guy, you know, it was just a response. He was not expecting it because I mean that that elbow flies out instantly. You know, I mean, just yeah, like, I'm not a lot of haunted houses. I just throw punches. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come? I was gonna say something. Oh, uh, well, we derailed. It's not, yeah, it's okay. Um, I do it all the time. Um, Twilight of the Thunder God, the the Chain Brain guy. He so not only can you make charts that are you know just a straight rip of the song and then a tab basically on Rocksmith. But you can also make memes and stuff. So there was a song, there was Twilight of the Thunder God, but every time that the vocalist mentioned a Norse god, the song got like two percent faster. And I don't know if you are <laughs> cool. familiar with that song, but the chorus says a fucking a name like every other sentence. Like so and the and that riff is hard. That is not an easy riff to play. It's like skipping strings and alternate picking, and it's like, oh my goodness. He's like he was like joking around at the beginning of the video and about a minute in he's just like sitting up straight and like actually trying to play the riff he's like i can't do this this is this is hard get some fire in the flames fast style right is that what you get yeah i think he can play dragon force stuff too i think one of the uh you know uh what is the name herman lee he's on twitch also he just gets on twitch and just talks to people that's all cool. the time that's cool and he very regularly like like people will go into the Twitch and go in the chat and be like, "Hey, someone's, I like this guitar smith streamer. You should go and uh, just be in their chat." And one time he was Herman Lee went into Chain Brain's chat and he, he was like, "I guess I have to play through the fire and the flames for him then, don't I?" You know what I mean? And just started <laughs> playing it. I was like, "Oh, that would yeah, that's like a dream for me." Because yeah. like, I like to do singing and voice acting, so if I could get the attention of someone that, you know, not necessarily look up to, but I admire for yeah. their yeah. No, I just admire for their skill. Like I don't even, I don't even care if it brings connections or views. I mean, I, I like that, but <laughs> you know, just to have their attention in general, like you know, just to get any critique, because that's what matters more to me is like feedback. Yeah, improving on who you adulation. Were the day before. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I can get adulation, not to sound cocky, but <laughs> you know what I mean. 
Like most people, I think, are friendly. They'll say something nice. But all right, I got another question. Roundtable. Right. Send it out. We'll start, we'll start with you, Phil. Okay. Um, I guess what I mean is which game series. Now, when I say game, I, it can be board game. It can be any game, what game means to you. But which game series do you wish would make a comeback and why? Oh, man, that's a good one. <laughs> I have an immediate answer. All right, let's go to you, Nave, while I think about mine. If you have well, an immediate uh, answer. I don't I I feel like I talk about the same like five things every couple of episodes, but I want to bring up uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Oh, I mean, my boy oh, yeah. has been killed. Yeah. I'm so sad. Again, yeah. Um well, those were the other games. Yeah, there hasn't been a good skating game since like skate, you know. Yeah, and that's a completely different like territory, you know. Oh yeah. And it's still very fun. I'm I've been getting into them recently since they're on Xbox's backwards compatibility. I've been playing a lot of the first skate, which is the most rough around the edges one. So I'm struggling with it a lot, but I feel like I need to beat it before I go to two. So <laughs> Oh, I get that. Um Yeah, uh what was the other game, Philip? In the same breath that I talk about act is like oh no. Yokai watch Wibwob? No, that is my favorite game though. I'm glad you brought that Say up. What? What? I um, don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you said. It's yeah, it was like a mobile game. That was like my first thought when you were like, a game needs to come back because it was a mobile game that I really enjoyed that got canceled because no one played it. But I played it. <laughs> but no, like just to break in while you try to remember that, Nate, I would say just oh, a Guitar silent hero. hero. Oh, Guitar Hero? Yeah. Yeah. Guitar Hero, bring it back. Bring some competition for Rocksmith, right? Rock Band. Rock Band still around? Well, I no, feel like Rock, really. Band, Rock Band replaced Guitar Hero for me. It's just like a, an evolution. Well, it, it was, was an the evolution same developers that they had left that company. It was? Yeah, oh, that's right. They, yeah. they, they left that company and started their own. That's right. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, DreamWorks. I just felt like Disney. Rock Band was Guitar Hero plus other cool shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... <laughs> I mean, what did well, like? What do you got? I mean, what did guitar? What could Guitar Hero bring back or add that Rock Band isn't already doing? Well, they I'm did not- the head-to-head competitions, right? Like uh, Guitar Hero did. That yeah. Rock Band never really did that. Okay. Yeah, they were in arcades too. Is that uh? It's a lot easier than Rock Band. Rock Band's hit windows are significantly shorter. Like if you if you watch any like Guitar Hero Twitch, like like a, a Sai. Like Philip knows a sigh, but uh, oh, any yeah. Guitar Hero Twitch streamer, it's it's not they don't play Guitar Hero, they play Clone Hero, which is just the piece. It's just the same thing as Rocksmith. You get custom songs on the PC really easily. You can do that with Clone Hero, and it's literally just Guitar Hero three, you know. Mm. Um, it's the same engine as Guitar Hero three, and he has streams occasionally where he puts custom DLC into Rock Band, and he cannot physically play it. He's like, this is so hard. It, all of a sudden like in on guitar hero he's just like tapping with his fuck both of his hands on the yeah, he button. Gets two hands at once it's classic <laughs> it's very it sounds like people who make maps for that what is that mario game that you can make your own mario levels oh man yeah oh, and they I just make this insane yeah super maps. mario maker yeah yeah that my some of my favorites are people just like give it to their three-year-old and like here and then you just get some map and then some pro mario player tries to survive it like how far <laughs> they can get so like, I guess I do watch some gaming. Yeah, it has it to comes, have a purpose. Like, I can't yeah. just watch someone just play something vanilla. You know what I mean? Um, I if, if actually, the only way I'd be able to do that is if I really significantly liked the game. 
you know and it's like like if it's a game like spec ops the line where i want to see people react to specific story beats like i know this is going to crush him so i'm just going to oh. see him get to this point because spec that's ops a line true is... reaction video mm, in my is. opinion because i can't yeah i can't oh, watch yeah. people watch like react like reaction videos where people that are active reaction react, yeah that's very bizarre to me <laughs> that's a big thing on youtube though oh it's huge it's got its own niche. i mean we talked about maybe doing that yeah, we talked. Yeah, we talked about uh, creating. Other Maybe that's shows. our next episode. We just do like a four-man reaction video. Yeah, it could be something. <laughs> God, I do. I do fall into that hole too, where I I enjoy reaction videos. I used to be in the closet about it because it's such like easy content to make, so I was embarrassed <laughs> to yeah, say really. that I, I like watching it. But I especially love watching people who don't like metal listen to metal, especially if they do it for oh, a long a period guy. of time, because you can see their transformation as they begin to like get acclimated to like aggressive styles of uh vocal vocalists and like and like that the nuances of instrumentation and stuff like people who listen to mm -hmm. strictly hip-hop or like classical music like people like that i listen i listen to this one i can't remember his name because it's fucking gibberish but he's like an old composer and he listens to metal and he just breaks it down in a way that i would never have an ear for like just oh, off that's really beat. cool he's just like the, he's like the way that the guitars go in and out right here i don't know what kind of and he's like just talking about stuff like that and i'm like this is the this is why i would watch uh like talking about like video. arpeggios and things like that yeah and, he's like or he'll like t specifically note on like the vocal performance like like using big scary words that i don't know but <laughs> is this like you're italian learning. metal opposed to the math metal you were talking about last time uh no but he does watch a, a, a few math metal bands but not really like as far he's the farthest he gets into that territory is mashuga which it, it it's there he's listened to like clockworks and stuff and that sounds like fucking nonsense if you don't listen to metal but he that is like a uh an exercise just listening to that song like you'll start sweating is, is about math how metal is that a genre yeah it's one of my he's trying to convince me it is but i'm not sure if i'm down with it yet it's car. Go listen to Car Bomb and tell me that you can explain that in any other way than math metal, because there's no other way. Like it's the, metal like, for the universe. Like with with tempo changes and and uh, and uh, time signature shifts, like mid bar and stuff like that. The drummer, by the way, if you guys do end up listening to that, it's very hard to listen to the first couple times you listen to a song when you're not used you said to it. So it's called but, Car Smash. Car bomb. Car bomb. Car bomb. Car bomb. Right. So I no, I have a great appreciation appreciation for really any music as long as it's actually played. I mean, I'm not to put down like DJs or digital artists because I think they're excellent too. But that is is that an actual play? Like, are are the musicians playing that fast and that hard? Oh yeah. Well, it, it's not it's not particularly fast. It's that, but it's insanely difficult, especially if you. Oh, okay. Like another band is Animals as Leaders. They're not really math metal, but they are progressive metal without a vocalist. But um, Car Bomb in particular, they are just constant. The the music is constantly moving. Like there's there's like an impo it's like impossible challenge. Bob your head to Car Bomb and don't get, get on the offbeat. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the drummer doesn't have a clicker in his ear either. He like just is playing by feel. Like it's a huge thing during their live shows where if they screw up, it's just funny because it's just I like, was say, I how do you keep up. time? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's impossible. Like you're listening and you're like, this isn't even music. This is borderline, not music. 
Like, it would sound <laughs> it like. Sounds like you're describing jazz. Hey. Ooh. Hey. Ooh. <laughs> about some improv like metal. It's close. Well, like, yeah, there's that's what like there is a there's improv there's improv improvisation or just improvised. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Shit. Improvised jazz, but that is jazz. So I don't know what that means. It's kind of like lactose intolerant milk. Like, what are you <laughs> drinking? You know. But I like jazz. I like. I'll I'll listen to that. I'll check it out because we thought about doing something in reverse of that idea because we've seen many guys like listen to like rap like uh, like rap fans listen to metal for the first time. We thought I'm like Zach. Why don't we just flip that? Why don't we just be because we're metal fans? Why don't yeah. we just listen to rap? Because I rarely. I rarely do. I mean, there. I find that the only rap songs I have, like on my Spotify favorite list, is like comical rap. Like if it makes me laugh. So it would be nice to actually listen to more because I'm sure. I, well, no, I know there's tons I haven't heard. Yeah, it's know? all about quality, right? If you have good quality music, it doesn't matter the genre. That's that's so, the key. So you're a big fan of Doctor Octagon, then? Doctor, I don't even know Doctor Octagon. <laughs> no, but nobody knows who Doctor Octagon is. I learned him from a podcast years ago, or maybe it was not even that long ago. But I, I always show somebody. This, there's a song called "Half Shark, Half Alligator Man" or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you linked that to me one day. I'm just like, that sounds familiar. <laughs> sounds like something you would say. Yes, it's not, yes. It's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> the chorus is just like half shock alligator half man and it's just like it's like made in like the 80s i think it's very i don't know you're rap. selling me pretty good that sounds fun <laughs> yeah like, close my eyes watch my brain glow <laughs> and i'm just like i fucking love this song so much i don't know what it is but every time i show it to someone they're just like i don't get it man like but i also do that to people all the time i'll show people car bomb just with no context and they're just like what is this? This, oh. this doesn't sound like music to me. I used to get songs taken off of, like, you know, the digital jukebox that bars have and stuff. Mm, so yeah. you just, like, you know, use yeah. your phone app or whatever to play a song. Uh, so I would go in there and put on, like, Lords of Acid and just be, like, young boys. You know, if you've never heard of Lords of Acid, so just, like, really offensive lyrics. Like, just find... Yeah. Yeah, I'd yeah. always be surprised <laughs> if that was on the playlist. And then they play their album Because I just want to see people laugh. I don't think I ever saw anybody actually get offended. But, of course, the bar, they're like, oh, no, no. We can't have that. <laughs> this is a nice establishment. <laughs> it's yeah, a family right. environment. Yeah, right. <laughs> At the bar. <laughs> All right, so, Phil, did you think about which series which game series you'd like to see make a comeback? Yeah, Yokai Wibwabs aside, I would have to go with the Sound Hill. Like I know we ha- they teased PT a couple years back or the mm. but nothing's come of that since. And I know like apparently some of the developers or the lead developer or something like that went to work on uh what was that other game that we talked about last week? It's like Dead Inside or Dying Dead Dead by Dying Dead by Daylight. No, it's not that uh, one. Oh, that's when we were trying to talk. Oh, we were thinking about that earlier, Dead by Daylight. Sorry. Yeah. Dying Light? Dying Light? That sounds like it. What Maybe? Oh, that's Dying another game. Yeah. There's a, there's, that's a good yeah, one. You named two different games. Yeah. <laughs> that has oh, a sequel yeah. coming out. It, it, well, it should be pretty soon. I don't remember. I got delayed. Yes, you I can't that. choose that. That's not, okay. a, that's not a dead well, or, no. or... Well, I mean, Silent Hill as a series. Like, Silent Hill always has yeah. a special place in my heart. Since playing... Like, I played through... Like one through three, watched all the movies. Like, uh, whenever we first like adopted my thirteen-year-old daughter, she was like, "Oh, dad, you want to watch a scary movie?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Well, what movie do you want to watch?" And I'm like, "The only good scary movie I actually like. Let's watch some Silent Hill," because like mm-hmm. I'm not overly into like crazy gore. Like I know you guys talk about gore on your show, or uh, just like B trash horror movies. 
Like yes. you talk about Thanksgiving. I think in one episode I was listening to earlier today. And as someone that's seen Thanksgiving, I know it's not, <laughs> it's not a good movie. Oh, I love it though. Yeah. Oh, it's the best opener though. How many movies open like that? But just flopping, flopping yeah. extremities. All right. So, yeah, so I definitely prefer the more overall tone or feel that they put in the Silent Hill movies. Like, they definitely tried to make that more mainstream opposed to the, like, I don't want to say lower, but, like, you know, the main horror crowd. They tried to definitely... You like the Hollywood treatment. Yeah, I like, I like the that. popular horror movies, if you, if I could say that, and I'll be booed off the stage. But definitely Silent Hill hits a, a, a good vein in me. So you think the movie... What's your opinion, I'm curious, of the movies compared to the games? You think that they did it justice? Yeah. oh man like no well yeah okay they did good enough i'll put it as that like there's still room to have a better experience with silent hill i feel like it would have to be definitely like a mini series or even like i don't want to say animated because like they could do so much with the effects and props that i would love to see it more live action but i just love the setting that is silent hill it i just started creepy keeping a notepad open because i we are like hit like i would just be like oh fuck i want to talk about this i want to talk about this i want to talk about this and now i'm just like got a notepad just trying to keep everything in line that's why i even told i've said this to zach before it's like it's like oh, only three questions like yeah that's solid <laughs> that's <all laughs> if we get to the third yeah. um so uh, what do i which one of these do i want to i don't know if you guys noticed but i accidentally put the sharpie in my mouth like I didn't. I was. I don't even it's know. Sick cool. Yeah. Yeah. You can do it. Do you do you, man? But um, yeah, delicious. Uh, have so have you guys a horror movie or the band? Shit. Let's go with the horror movie. Have you guys seen Tucker Dale, Tucker and Dale versus Evil? Yes. Yeah, that's a great one. I like that one a lot. That was a surprise hit. If you want to. Yeah, I was surprised how popular yeah. it got and how mainstream it was. I, I I enjoyed it a lot actually. It was hilarious. It's rare that comedy in a horror movie actually you know hits the right notes for me they're really? usually just too campy yeah, yeah but that's what i, I like like all no, zombies yeah. you know all zombies is very is like very... it actually made me laugh out loud though like i was laughing too like i thought i felt more like it was a comedy which is a little dark but it was really yeah. more of a comedy than a horror for me i would definitely classify it as like an anti-horror movie because it's oh, like it is, yeah it's oh, okay yeah, yeah i don't really want to spoil the surprise for people but go watch that movie i am very anti-horror I just I have a really hard time empathizing with people like in horror movies. I just I feel the need to not nitpick, but like poke fun at everything as yeah. maybe a way of coping with my I do cope with humor all the time. So maybe I'm just getting up, upset at what's on the screen and just I just have to cope by making fun of it so that I don't feel bad or something. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes sense. But um, I do it to video horror video games, too. Ah, oh, shit. I should talk about that, too. Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, a friend came to me and he was like, we have to watch Tucker and Dale versus evil. It's, it's a horror movie. And I was like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to watch a horror movie. Like my, I have very passionate friends who love horror movies and they can't take a horror movie seriously with me sitting next to them because I'll just be making fun of the movie the whole time. I can't help myself. And, um, so I'm like, I don't, I don't like watching horror movies with my friends because I feel like I'm, I'm ruining the experience. So I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to watch that. And he's like, no, trust me, man, you're gonna like this one. You, you sit down and you watch this movie with me, and it's a, it's it's awesome. It's a very good movie. Yeah, I, they, they should make more. That's that re, that movie reminds me of. Um, I want to say it was like in the '90s when they were making lots of like parody movies. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like mm. Mel Brooks was kind of like the Weird Al of movies. 
or vice versa, however you want to, you know, coin that. But I, I miss those. I miss I miss Hollywood making fun of itself. And you really don't see that anymore. I don't, at least I don't. I can't think yeah, of anything. Yeah, it's been a long time since there's been like a scary movie, uh, you know, right. title. That was good movie. too. Like yeah. it was watchable. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. The first couple, then it got it got pretty extreme. It was really big in like the 2000s, like Meet the Spartans, and that's when uh, it kind of ended another for me. Because then it was when that it got bad or just sort of became yeah. They like got popular. they got they they took it overboard. Is what yeah. I'm saying. They're, but like. There's a lot of like uh, satire films like that back in like the early 2000s, late 90s for sure, and then they just kind of like petered out. Well, I definitely, wa- I definitely quote I- Meet the Spartans quite often. I don't know why. Like there are a couple of lines in that movie that for some reason just jump into my into the front of my 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 fucking brain whenever I'm talking to someone. I think uh, what is it? Uh, there's a part where they're like high fives for the women. And open mouth tongue kisses for the men. And I think about that all the time. I always am saying that on Twitter. And I feel like no one ever knows what I'm talking about. I would never get that. Yeah, I know. I lose that one. Yeah. Like, all right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, only recently have I found a gif of that part, of that part, of just him saying open mouth tongue kisses for the men. So it's like, okay, well, now I don't look like a freaking sociopath. <laughs> at least. <laughs> They're like, oh, That's this great. is clearly a reference to something. All right. Oh, well, I was just going to say, uh, do you guys have any experience with, like, the more satire games? Like, we just got done doing, like, I say just got done, it was, like, a month ago. We did Saints Row the Fourth, right? Or four? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just a Mass Effect Matrix riff, the whole game. And I didn't know it was, like, a satire game whenever I went into it. So that was just, like, mind-blowing for me. I that think was actually my favorite Saints Row. Yeah, that's my favorite one, I think. Cause my brother, that was like one of the last times my brother and I did like a co couch co-op. We, we, cause you can make your character look however you want. Yeah. yeah. So we're doing like movie characters like Terminator, you know, like different versions of the Terminator and stuff like that are Stallone and, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think I was completely nude, except I had a George W. Bush mask on. <laughs> and I was running around like that. Dead presidents, the remake. Yeah. God. Philip hated it. Yeah. Well, I, think I, I don't think like, also. I did explain it every time my eight-year-old daughter walked in the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why your character was wielding a three-foot dildo? Yeah, I was just yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. It's just a rubber bat, honey. It's Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, um, let me see what else I got on here. All right. So, do you guys are you guys familiar with a band called Infant Annihilator? It sounds familiar, but I'm not familiar. No, with I it. haven't. It's very so. You guys were talking about like gore and blood and stuff, and I think at some point you mentioned music again. Like this is when it popped up in my head. It was I'm pulling from from deep in the conversation now. But um, All right. uh, this band, Infinite Annihilator, as you can tell from the name itself, uh, it's like basically a slasher fl- a slasher flick of metal. Like it is a parody band, like kind of like Spinal Tap. But it is it, it is parody in the opposite direction of Spinal Tap, where it's not trying to be funny. It is being, it, they are doing it tongue in cheek, but they are making it as outrageous and and horrible as they possibly can. Horrible as in the vocalist sounds like a a animal being tortured, and <laughs> there are lyrics. I swear, like if you listen hard enough, you will catch a couple of words, but you don't want to catch the words because the lyrics are absolutely a like abhorrent like i feel bad when i listen to some songs okay 
this is the worst one, probably just because of the subject matter. I'm not going to talk about it. But um, look up the <laughs> lyrics for a song called Swine Ecologist. And hmm. not – but and the instrumentation is incredibly – is incredible. These guys are ridiculous. Or if you want to see – because the drummer – it sounds like a drum machine. It sounds like the drummer is not real. But um, you can watch the drummer. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But he does a playthrough of uh, a song called Cunt Crusher. And um, it, it even when you're watching it, it doesn't look real. You're just like, this guy is a machine. And uh, like he does this specific thing, I think about two minutes in. It's called a gravity, a gravity blast. Gravity, I think it's called a gravity blast, where you put this, this, the drumstick. This is going to be bad for the audio version of the podcast. <laughs> you put the drumstick like up against the rim of the snare, and then you pull it up. And in the action of pulling it up, it makes the tip of the drumstick go down and hit the drum. Now, as you're pulling it up, you keep pulling it up hard so that it bounces off of the drum head and then hits the drum head again. And you can get two or three different hits if you're doing it hard enough and fast enough. And if you do it at a steady rhythm, you'll go, it'll go pop, 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 You know, you could go really fast with one hand and it does not look real at all. It's I'm almost more impressed. I think I often am more impressed by an insanely good drummer than a guitarist because it's just crazy. There's drum competitions. That's what you made me think of with that description is like, I don't know what they call them, but it's like a drum off. You know, they just have like drummers on stage. Sometimes, you know, back and forth, they toss it or they just go up one at a time and they just, they're insane drummers. I never know who they are, but it's just mind blowing how good they are. That's what I was saying. Yeah, the, uh, the horror of the horror of metal. Yes. Someone is yes. blowing my Discord up. It is hard to think when that's happening. Sorry, I turned off Discord because it was booping. So you might want to cut this out. But I said the reason I said dinosaur is that's our like uh, word for cut. It just yeah. means if you hear dinosaur just randomly set into the uh, feed <laughs> that we know. That's oh, a good idea. It's whatever, whatever's after dinosaur is garbage. So yeah, we need to do that dinosaur. because. Me and Philip have just gotten into the habit of just repeating sentences. I probably have done it like a hundred times this, so far. Like I'll I'll be like in the middle of a sentence and I'll go and just restart the sentence. And sometimes we leave it in on accident. And I'm just like ah. Got My favorite part is to say Nave, cut that and then leave it in because I'm the yeah. one doing the editing that week. <laughs> and be like I guess Nave left it in. Yeah, and he caught like right at the beginning of what is it two episodes ago? You caught me in a point where I was like I was like okay. I'm explaining to the guest. I'm like, hey, we're going to edit this so that just so it's not dead air. I think I was Googling something. And then Philip left that part in. And then I restarted. I was like, oh, yeah. So as if it was before. But he left that all that in. <laughs> oh, oh. It was clearly <laughs> fake. So fake. I was like, oh, yeah, no, we've, we've had you. instances like that before. But, you know, we're all learning. We're all getting used to this thing. Oh, no, we're not. It's intentional. Usually I see those parts and I'm like, I'm definitely leaving this in. Yeah, I mean, some things like, I mean, Joe, how, how much editing does Joe Rogan do? Some guys seem like they just leave most shit in, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I oh, think wait, after, there'll be some dead air. I think after doing it for so long, like, you just kind of get really proficient at it. Because I remember at the beginning, sure. I on the for the first, like, 10 or 15 episodes even, I was editing hardcore. Like, it would take me, like, days to get done with the edit with my sanity intact. And I'm mm. definitely leaving in like large swaths of like like minutes to like maybe ten or ten or fifteen minutes straight of no edit at all. Like I was like, this just sounds fine. You know what I mean? Before, where before yeah, yeah. we would be screwing it up and like having a hard time talking. It's really hard to get used to talking 
like being aware that you're being recorded and also trying to have a natural conversation that take that took a while oh absolutely especially if you i mean when i go back and listen to like our at least our first at least our first 10 episodes i hate them i cannot stand having to listen to if i go back for reference or whatever and like while i'm editing and it, yeah. it's just so rough because it, that's so <laughs> clear it's so obvious in the way we're speaking you know i even sound almost like i'm announcing you know like i'm trying to be the weatherman or something you know it's like so zach well what do you think about it you know, just like a character it's not real yeah. so no i totally get that i agree you know where were we and dinosaur um, so <laughs> so oh, uh, you guys want to uh talk about you kind of your revival series do you guys want to pull back to that wait philip what it's over an hour in and we didn't take a single break yet uh, we'll fix it in post. Okay. Go for it. Do that then. All right. What were you going to say? Uh, if you guys want to mention uh, your revival series, if you had one in mind. When uh, I was younger, you know, we were talking about how we first got into video games. I uh, started with the NES, uh, you know, or, or Atari, and then went to Super Nintendo, and then PlayStation. Well, I played video games a lot. So I got to God of War and Prince of Persia. Now they've redone God of War and they've continued that, which is nice. And uh, I would really like to see them do a Prince of Persia revival because those are the two games that made me want to create video games and like go into the industry. I actually went to school for media arts animation. Turned out they were a fraud. So my degree is a little garbage, but I learned some things, but mostly garbage. But um uh, shout out to Art Institute of Schomburg, you know, <laughs> just destroying lives out here. But that's okay. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd like to see Prince of Persia re- just kind of get a revival and done right because they did a second like little. Uh, they did a different character, and I don't. It was it, it totally took away from the theme. You could not die. It was literally impossible for you to die in that game. Every time you would fall off a cliff, you're like this like girl would either save you or like your shadow would save you. I'm like this is ridiculous. This is the dumbest thing. It was so boring. It, the The idea of controlling the elements for it was kind of interesting, but yeah, I'd really like them to see to go back to the original three kind of style going back in that and more puzzles and stuff like that i really enjoyed the that game that's the stories were great everything about it like your your inner turmoil and everything yeah prince of Persia is kind of like the heavy metal version of aladdin and that's yeah, what i like yeah it, it was it's very it's kind of dark and i like like grim dark stuff just it, about any series it only got darker yeah. right like the first one was pretty tame and by the third one it literally has heavy metal like as it's like game music oh i'd forgotten that dude yeah. it's intense no, I agree with like, especially because you mentioned puzzles. For me, it's similar. I love the, I already mentioned it, but again, Vampires, uh, the Legacy of Kane series uh, is probably right up there for me with like Castlevania. So I'm always waiting for Castlevania. Castlevania makes comebacks, uh, but Legacy of Kane has been dead in the water. Uh, and the last game that they had officially was uh, Nosgoth, which was a competitive team-based mm. PvP game vampires versus slayers and they took it off of steam they canceled it which is sad because it was excellent uh and i think there was another uh like not a remake but a restart to the series i think it was called dead sun and it's it's a really unfortunate story with that because that game got to like the finish line of game completion and they canceled the project and sadly that happens with a lot of games i came to find out because i've ever since 
I've started like researching the gaming industry more. I hate it. I, I started with, it started as a dislike and I just absolutely hate it. It is one of the most, I'm okay with competition. I like competition, but it is so, it's so corrupt and toxic. I think we even talked about that before, but Legacy of Kane for me is a series I hope makes a comeback because the storytelling was, uh, it's just unmatched. There's few games I can think of that tell a story as complex, intricate, and clever. You know, as as the gameplay matched that as well. It was, the gameplay was puzzles. It was thinking. It was action. It was, uh, it was a drama. You know, it was very well done. I don't know. I'm just gloating, but that's <laughs> that's my pick. I mean, kind of every time you bring it up and the way that you talk about it, it really makes me want to push Spec Ops the line on you guys, like really hard. Well, you play LOK and I'll play Spec Ops the line. How about that? I think I did play uh, Legacy of Kane as a kid. Um, the first I one. Didn't, I didn't. Yeah, the first one on the PS One. But uh, I didn't mm-hmm. understand what I was looking at. You know, I didn't under like at that point in my life, I had just experienced Final Fantasy VIII. Like, mm-hmm. not not a lot, but I was very young when these games were out. So it was like, uh, I was kind of wandering through these games and not being able to clearly articulate what I liked and what I didn't like. I kind of probably, sure. inter- like, that probably contributes to, like, how eclectic I am with everything I do. Like, my video games and my music, I, like, it's just a wide net, kind of. Um, Spec Ops The Line, though, is, like... It's a little less pertinent now, but back in its time, in the 360 generation, there were a ton of, like, grizzled uh, modern war video games, like shooters with a grizzled man disheveled with armor and with his gun. Yeah, like, just standing on the cover, you know, you see, like, a hundred of them lined up in a GameStop or something like that. Those, uh, that game was a very harsh critique on the, not just the gaming industry itself, but also like the t- the type of person who you have to be to enjoy what is actually happening on the screen like in regards to like the the morality of like gunning down tons of people like what that does to a person like and the 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 story like the twists that happen are very dramatic and um I, it's it's inspired by okay this might give it away I'm not going to spoil the game, but the game is inspired by Heart of Darkness, the novella. And uh-huh. if you're familiar with Heart of Darkness, then that will probably give away the game. If not, then I that's think I, yeah. If not, then that's good because that you that means nothing to you. But um, Heart of Darkness is also incredibly great. If you haven't read that, it's a very short story, and uh, reading through that, it it. It definitely changes the way I think about some some things that just change the way you think about things. Oh no, I agree, I, and I have read Heart of Darkness, and I'm also a big uh, Clive Barker fan. So um, if you read anything Clive Barker, it's very similar. So yeah, I, I see where you're going with that, but that won't that won't put me off from trying it. I mean, I spec ops the line, I'll check it out. You know for sure. I think it is. is there, I don't know if you guys play on the three on the Xbox. But um, I didn't know. It's funny when you mentioned the Xbox. Uh, I was, I still am anti Microsoft. Um, it doesn't matter. But I never had an Xbox or wanted to really buy one. But I do remember going into looking at like even a Best Buy. All the all the Xbox games were like that. They looked like a like a poster for you know, you know like American Army recruitment or Join something. Now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Join now. Yeah, it was very much like that. 
which is cool. But I, I never, I think I played Gears of War and like Call of Duty on friend's system or something. You know, I never actually owned it. That's interesting you meant because I, I like, uh, I do like, I, I'm picky about political statements in video games, but I do, I do like a neutral, not a neutral stance, but maybe uh, a neutral approach to, like you said, the morality. Because Metal Gear, for example, is very good. If you've ever played the Metal Gear games, uh, they do it the best. And it, I would even say that Metal Gear is like a prophecy for what the world is going through right now, what modern warfare means. We won't touch on that, but play Metal Gear. Um, but no, go ahead. If you were going to say something, I have more questions if we get to them. The, um, the thing about spec ops, the line, like, especially with morality, like I'm, I'm, there's a fucking bandaid that you have to rip off very early on in the game. That's like a make or break for, uh, for a, a, a percentage of people. I think it was a pretty vocal minority, but the enemy you're fighting, you are killing hundreds of American soldiers. So that is hard for some people. Like, mm -hmm. even if it's a video game, if you can't disassociate from that. But at the same time, the game itself is like, look at what you're doing. Look at who that is. You know what I mean? It's like, it's really, this, I can't, it's hard. I have to I walk on eggshells talking about it, but it's. No, I like that. It has a, it sounds like it has a narrative that makes you think. So the, the, the team. I don't know how the team snuck this past the fucking goalie because this was a, a, this was a budget game. Like like this is a big budget game from a. I don't know if they like lied to their publishers. Like this is a military shooter. Like Call mm -hmm. of Duty. Like if Call you know? of Duty can do no Russian, I've, you can do like anything. It seems anymore. I don't know. I think no. There's nothing like no Russian in any of the Call of Duties afterwards. Well, like yeah. they did that no Russian, and then they were like, "Oh, that was uh, like they, they it was very shocking, and that was actually a very important moment in video gaming history." The no Russian uh, video, the no no Russian thing. You guys are familiar, right? I'm not actually about to ask. Uh, I'm not at least not either. Am I? All right, it's been a couple you, years since I've played, but I I played it just recently. Okay, you go um, and explain it then. It's not super important, like the storyline, but your character is like undercover with a like a terrorist cell and what oh, okay. they're what they're what doing is uh they go to an airport and they gun down like hundreds of civilians and you at the end like you just walking through this airport just killing unarmed people and um at the very end your character gets shot and then because they know you're a, a, they know you're in the military i don't remember who he is but uh, and then it starts an international fucking thing because like there's an American here like with body armor after this tragedy and um, obviously for obvious reasons that was incredibly divisive that was a level that they had to put a patch in that said this is going to happen in the story do you want to skip this level you know what I mean Interesting. <laughs> you don't have to play it I can respect the fact that they put an option in I would be upset if it was blocked you know what I mean? Like yeah, if, definitely. If, yeah. Because yeah, that's what bothers me uh, with anything uh, is I would call that propaganda. Yeah, but then why not just skip any level that's difficult for you? You know, that's why I, it comes to me. It's like, yeah, let's just make a button that completes the entire game. You know, Some it's, games do that. <laughs> yeah, that's also really – That's a, do you like that? No, I don't, <laughs> yeah, but I, so. I, can, I, can, I can live with it if it's there. If I can skip past it, it's fine. If it's blocked for me, then yeah, I well, have that's a that's a problem. Yeah, I just find it a moral 
gray zone when you start giving people options to to skip levels. I think I don't know. I think that's kind of weird. Well, one thing I do want to highlight is you can actually play through the whole level without shooting any civilians. If I was going to take that from you, Nate. Oh, that's so. Well, then, so you that, can literally point, like though. you can just witness what's happening in the incident because you as like you as a player don't know the full story at this point. It's just a cold open. But as like the, the yeah. character, you could say this is what the character would do in the situation. If you were role-playing as an American that is in a terrorist cell. And it's basically like, if I don't go with these guys, they're going to know I'm a, I'm an informant and they're going to kill me, you know? And he, that is really interesting. Yeah. That is super interesting because that makes me think of uh, one of my favorite games of all time is dragon's dogma. And I love clever shit like that in a video game where you actually make a real moral choice that has an effect on the gameplay. But the fact that you actually made that moral choice, and that's a really good point. It's like, why did you shoot anyone anyway? Who made you kill all those people in the airport? And in Dragon's Dogma, there's a scene where you're hiding the princess. Just to set it up real quick, the princess is in love with your character and you're in her room, but then the king is coming, so you hide. Right. And it's not like comical. It's like you meant you're meeting her there for political reasons. So you while you're in the room hidden, the king is sort of like possessed and he's 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 about to do something he can't stand to do. It's like if you watched Invincible when the dad turns on his team members. Right. So you don't know what's about to happen as the player. And then out of nowhere. And it's so well done that it's like it's disturbing. Like it, it offends me. Like I hate violence against women. That's just something maybe it's the way I was raised, but I really hated it. It's a trigger for me. So immediately I'm like, I'm pissed off that this king is like struggling his own wife. But there was something dark on the dark side of my brain. The devil on my shoulder was like, well, wait a minute. Why? This is the king. Why are you going to get involved right now with what's going on? What does she mean to you? She means nothing to you. You don't even know why he's, you know, he's strangling her. Like all these thoughts were flying through my head. Mm. And then it occurred to me that I really was on a time limit here. The game wasn't waiting for me to make a decision. She was dying. And if I, you know, there wasn't press A and and then it resets and you have to save her kind of thing. If you don't save her, she dies in the story. And I, those kinds of things, like I really like that. That that to me is excellent writing. That's excellent storytelling. So that's really interesting. I'd never heard about that no Russian thing. But that's a really good question you asked. Is like, well, or that you brought up like, yeah, you, you don't have to kill everyone. Yeah. You know? That's I actually like that. incredibly important for Spec Ops The Line because, now, like I said, that's the only time in all of Call of Duty, which is a yearly franchise, where there's something like as significant as that. Um, Spec Ops The Line has about four or five different moments throughout the sprinkled throughout the game where there are choices, but they aren't explicitly told to you. Like, there's a specific scene where there are two people that are hung up by their wrists and you're talking to someone like a rebel leader. I can't, I can't explain who it is, but because it'll just give shit away, but um, you're talking to him and they're like, this person on the left stole water, which is a capital offense in Dubai. By the way, the whole game is set in Dubai and it basically a giant sandstorm completely annihilated the, the, uh, the city. And so it just completely broke out into chaos. And uh, the American military went in to stop like the chaos but uh the it's like they defected essentially like they're like oh wait we're kings here you know what i mean so they just took over the town and but no one knows because they went radio silent so no one knows what the hell happened so like you're you're a small squad sent in to figure out what the hell happened and so you are uh the guys that are hung up 
from a street sign, like by their wrists. And he's like, this guy on the left stole water. That's a capital offense. This guy on the right, you know, killed his family looking for him, right? It, but uh, like, a, he's like a, uh, I was gonna say terrorist, but that's not right. Uh, what is it? A insurgent? A military guy that from Dubai? I don't know. A soldier. That's what I'm gotcha. looking for. <laughs> God. But um he's a soldier and he's like you can kill the soldier and get set this guy free who is just getting water for his family who's now dead or you can shoot the guy for taking the water cuz he knew the punishment for stealing water. Now, you don't have to do those things. You can walk away. It's like if you don't shoot them we'll kill them both. Okay, you can walk away. Well, if you you can shoot the ropes on their hands and then there are snipers all around, and they'll try and shoot them, but you can try and save them. Or you can shoot the snipers, and it turns into a whole firefight. Like, there are mul there's another thing where there's a guy basically getting lynched, and you there's a huge crowd, and as soon as you go in and try and save them, they turn on you and attempt to attack you. And it's like, your, your teammate's like, what do we do? You know, like, do, do we fire on them? Like, they're going to kill us. Like, they're killing this guy. And then uh, you can fire in the air, and they'll disperse. Like, and your team, your co-op part, your t I mean, not your co-op partner, but your uh, your AI. partner, your AI yeah. companion, will also start shooting in the air and screaming at them, telling them to get that's the hell clever. away. Yeah. It's like, that's cool. Wow, that's really that's really cool. I've never heard of that one. I I'm a fucking I'm like a Jehovah's Witness when it comes to some games. Like <laughs> I will just push them on you until until you kick me off of your doorstep. All right. Well, I feel like we've actually been going a pretty good amount of time, about an hour 30 at this point. So is there anything you guys want to hit on before we start closing it out? I got one fun question I wanted to ask. Perfect. Maybe because I'm, I want to give my answer, but I want to hear <laughs> yours first. Um, if you had to spend the rest of your life in a game world, any game world, which would it be and why? And be honest All right. about your reasoning. I'll let you go first on this one, actually, since you're so ready. And that'll give us time to no, think. No, no, no. Mine has to be last. Oh, okay. It's crass. It's crass. It's no. not as interesting. <laughs> go ahead, Zach. Oh, me? All right. I'm trying to think. All right. So am I a normie or am I like a main character, right? No, no. That's it's smart. you. Oh, it's Zach. Zach has to live in like a Matrix style. You're going to be trapped in this game world. Oh. And you can attribute some new rules of, let's say, physics and reality but the theme and the the setting can't change you know maybe like a like a star wars kind of game right where where the whole universe is my oyster where i can go anywhere and do anything be any kind of there's so many opportunities in that kind of world you can be a smuggler you can do whatever you know you can see the worlds that'd be cool I, I don't know. God of War would be cool to well, be. Well, some things you have to you consider know? too. So, part, okay, here's a here's another caveat I'll add, and I intended is that um, so like if there's any tropes to this this game world, they're gonna exist for you there as well. So like if if one of the tropes is uh, comedy sidekicks often die, and because they're not important characters, mm. so then if you end up being one, then you you run the risk of being. So killed. don't don't wear a red shirt. Yeah, like yeah, like that kind of shit. Right. So like if you go into Star Trek and you're a red shirt, right? That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I'm thinking. So, it's, 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 I'm you have to consider Star that as well. War, I think in Star Wars, like a Star Wars like type game, like universe place would be good. Because yeah, you know, I can get some crystals. You know, a universe in constant war. They're not always in. I mean, what there isn't. Where isn't there? It's called Star kind of Wars. <laughs> <laughs> 
Got him. That's fine. That's cool. <laughs> That's fine. There's, there's, there's already war. There's plenty of profit in war. I'll make my money. <laughs> All right, Phil, what about you? All right. Whenever I first heard Zach's answer, I definitely thought, oh, yeah, I want to be like Mass Effect or something because they got those mm. like futuristic cities. I bet healthcare is mm-hmm. great. It looks like they seem a very um, spread the wealth kind of uh, culture. But then I thought about it. And so many of the humans we encounter in Mass Effect, if they're not living on the Citadel, they are like scrounging it as um, what's it called? Uh, settlers, settlers on like these pretty trash looking planets. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah. wait, hold on. So you're either like, lucky and living in a citadel or you're a peasant and so i'm like maybe not that so what i ended up falling back on is maybe like one of the final fantasy like newer universes because those like if i just look at the average commoner that isn't a spiky haired anime boy like they got it going pretty good and i'm already like military and in my experience, for 90% of the games, the military people with the helmets on, they got some pretty good lives going on. They got like the coolest like, cars. They got giant hover magic tanks. They got monsters working for them. Like I'd probably be on the wrong side of history, but it would still be fun for a while. <laughs> but they also don't, you're right. Like you just, you actually accidentally touched on something. There's no hobos anymore in Final Fantasy games. Like that was, they had kind of a thing like that. There were different like class of characters like in the older games yeah. okay. but i don't see that anymore in the modern no hmm. in the newer ones it's like pure fantasy everyone has a house yeah, everything's clean yeah yeah like anything after the yeah, playstation 2 era joke. all right nate what about you <laughs> you definitely touched on the two that i was immediately thinking about and the whole time i got to hear like the arguments i'm like the first thing i thought of was mass effect because it's like if i want to live that's just future now yeah right like that's just a normal and i'm like okay that seems like a cop-out Cause then I could just say like, I don't know, LA noir, you know, I'm like just in the real world, just a regular person, just somewhere else. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't... you're living in like a noir type universe though. You know, like I said, there's always a constant mystery. Cliche yeah. racism. Yeah. Cliche. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of celebrity cameos. Yeah. You get a lot of time to think if someone's lying to you or not though. So <laughs> <Yeah>. that, <yeah. laughs> then you're like doubt. So the thing that ended up falling in my lap and this also seems like a cop-out but um because i i've been i'm go i the whole time i was going through my games i like i was blanking so hard and i'm like maybe something like stardew valley <laughs> like if i just that's, oh, that's just really being chill on a farm, you know <laughs> like i'm like there's no danger there unless you go in the cave willingly <laughs> <laughs> that's the, probably the most survivable situation it's just it is and everyone just seems to be nice i feel like i could be homeless there just like begging for food I think you can hang out with a homeless mean. guy anyways he's already there yeah, like, yeah he's like to celebrate his birthday even, so yeah. you're good the one guy you just feed him uh, trash every time yeah. you walk by on your way to the mines maybe I mean, the outer worlds well that's outer pretty worlds. crazy that'd be a really crazy place to live yeah yeah but the that worlds? like so you want constant danger well, the thing is, is that your character is in dangerous situations, but I'm sure that there are planets that are, like, completely civilized. The problem with that game is that it seems like the corporations completely took over. And that's something that makes me very uneasy, and I'm kind of a rabble-rouser. So it's like, I don't think my social credit score would be very high in the, in the <laughs> Outer Worlds uh, universe. 
But, um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm going to stick with Stardew Valley. That seems chill enough. Yeah, it's a good pick. All right. So Those are all way more different than mine. So yeah. I actually think y'all's show's pretty dangerous. Y'all went pretty dangerous on me because I feel like those are all, even Stardew Valley, it's like you said, you go in the cave or what if it rains on your farm, like you run out of food? I don't know. Maybe I'm just dumb. But for me, I chose dead or alive volleyball. Like I just want to be on the beach <laughs> surrounded by jiggly women playing volleyball. And that's just the, the rest of my existence. The sunburns are back. Yeah, it's nonstop. There's no night. I don't know if they have a night level, so it just be nonstop sun. All right, so I get a little skin cancer. I'm not going to be shot at by aliens. I don't have to worry about political warfare or the trade negotiations. See, now I'm just picking on you guys. <laughs> I should have just went no, all in. Cool. That's so interesting. should have just went for Fatal Frame or something horrible. Like, just like, yeah, so yeah it was like, it's definitely poison. not Silent Hill. <laughs> we go into oh, Quake. Oh, man, Doom Eternal. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, quake. We oh, did a quake whole episode terrible. on Quake. Yeah. It's it's an exciting existence. Yeah. <laughs> and everything's like a biomechanical nightmare. You know, it's like what's that movie? Um oh, it's with um what's her face from uh, the Halloween movies? I can't remember anything. Oh, I don't know. I don't know actors. Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis is in a movie with Donald Sutherland where they're trapped on a boat. And I think it's called the virus. Yeah, I think it's called the virus. And the uh, some sentient electrical being from space travels oh, down to a really... Russian like uh, experiment vessel and takes over the computers and m- mashes like uh, mechanical parts with fleshy parts from humans and other creatures, and it's just like android nightmare. Sounds pretty. Yeah, that's where you guys want to live. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Zach and Marco, I want to thank you for coming out to Gaming Together. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. It's been a joy. I'd like to talk to you guys again sometime. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to have to have you back. Uh, yeah. Maybe we can even play a game next time. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. That's a fun idea. Which, Nave, do you want to talk about our game we got coming up for next week? Yeah, it's... uh, What is the game for next week? I don't know. Oh, it's oh, Morrowind. Yeah, it's Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. We're playing the nice. co-op mod. You guys familiar? Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I've 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 grown I've grew up with uh, Arena and Daggerfall. Uh, I think the first time I played uh, any video game at like, you know, uh, what I would consider ridiculous length. I think it was like a seven and a half a seven and a half hour dungeon session in Daggerfall, and I had help. I we were taking breaks and turns with my my friend Joe, who I grew up with, because we were trying to find the tomb of Lysandus in and the dungeons in Daggerfall were literally procedurally generated they were or just random i think we were procedural just literally random and it was just miles of dungeon you had to trek it with and the map was useless so you had no idea where to go you had to mentally like track different levels you know 3d mapping oh my god it was insane and we were like 12 you know <laughs> yeah that sounds horrifying back when games were good <laughs> I, am i right i played like well, yeah. 10 minutes of morrowind just to make sure it was running okay with all the mods and stuff and i am I was looking forward to this, and now I'm a little terrified of it because this game, it is it is not modern. <laughs> like I don't know what I was expecting. Oh, like we just recently played an emulation of a uh, Ocarina of Time with a co-op mod, and I could wrap my head around that game. But like I'm playing Morrowind, and all of my scar tissue from my childhood of trying to understand this game 
are like flooding back to me. I'm like, I don't even know how to punch this guy. I'm trying to pu just punch him. Like, I don't. How do I pull my fists out? Pressing every button on the keyboard, <laughs> it's not working. Well, I'm very excited to play it. I'm still excited. I'm just nervous now. As soon still as we get used to, to it. it. All right. As soon as we get oh, yes, used it's... to it, we'll be okay. Well, I think we need to call it here, co-op partners. So maybe we can go figure out how to punch this guy next time with Audio Pong. All right, gaming together. Thanks for having us. We didn't say where we could find you guys. So you guys have a podcast called Audio Pong. It's everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. we're on Red Circle and Spotify. Spotify, and, yeah. Apple, uh, Google Store. You can find us or Google uh, Podcasts. Where you know anywhere where you listen to a major podcast, you can find us there. You guys, Twitter, Twitch, uh, whatever, Twitch. YouTube? Uh, not no. really yet. We're really bad at the social media thing. I don't know. Either we've got to uh, yeah. change our minds about it or hire someone to do it. I don't know. We yeah, haven't figured we that need out to yet. Step our game up on that. That's for yeah. sure. That's somewhere where we're lacking. But you know, I, I had tweeted we'll you last episode about the the Halloween thing. Oh, I forgot. We should have did this at the front. The Halloween thing. Those three people sent in their things. The late things. Remember? No, I don't. I forgot what are you something talking else about? too. So the, the Halloween episode, three people sent in late submissions. Uh-oh. Now I've got to find it quick. Uh, definitely Dinosaur. one of them was Aaron. One of them was Aaron from the uh, – what episode did we do with him? What uh, episode did we do? Oh, that was Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 3. That's it. Yeah. And then the other one was Eric from Game Positive. And then the third one was Nick from the Quit the Build podcast, which we actually have an add-on. But uh, I sent it out to him because he's been so cool to us. Um, I can't find their thing. It's just lost in our fucking Google Drive, which is just a maze at this point. Feels like going through a Daggerfall map. But um, yeah. Do you want to get? Do you want to guess how? Like, did anything change, Philip? Do you think? Uh, yeah, nothing changed. Thing? Exact same results. You're correct. Nothing changed. Yeah. All I three of so. them plugged in. Um, whenever I plug uh, plugged in two of them three people flipped around and then when i put the third person in they just went right back to where they were before it's almost like people are all scared of the same things it's really weird yeah your list yeah the, was it 14 different i think it was 14 14 spooky uh, things we could think of on the spot yeah and uh another person i think this is a podcast so many games so little time i asked a question i was like i don't know what our what game we're talking about today but we're recording so just give me something to talk about and they brought up Someone named Al, 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 Adolf, Adolf. I think it's Adolf. Adolf Sachs. It's it's not spelled like Hitler though. It's there's an e at the end, so it looks weird. And he's the inventor of the saxophone. And he's 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 one of those guys who's almost died a whole bunch. I don't know why he wanted me to talk about this. So I what I think he wanted was for me to interrupt a story and derail it by talking about this guy. <laughs> and I forgot about it. Off sex. And uh, but he nearly drowned. He fell headlong three flights of stairs and cracked his head on a floor. He got poisoned four times. This guy's just Rasputin. That's what yeah, it sounds, he sounds like. like Rasputin. It's because um, of his devil instrument he made. He swallowed a pen, <laughs> like a pin, like a pokey pen. Oh no. Uh, he received severe burns from a gunpowder explosion. He was burned by a frying pan. It hit on the head that sounds by like some falling off a with that thing. <laughs> and asphyxiated from varnish fumes. I have no idea what a varnish is. A varnish is what you apply to like a wood to protect it. 
So, uh, and usually it's also like a stain and yeah, if you're, uh, it's really the, well, I'm not going to get into it, but basically it's, uh, it's like uh, paint thinner or anything that's a toxic fume. If you don't have any, uh, ventilation, it'll knock you out. Technically you can, you can die from it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But that's, that's ridiculous. Sounds like he should have died. Yeah. He probably did. Someone that's has kind of dumb. <laughs> he took like a towel and just put his head over the paint can. That's what he did. <laughs> They used to, apparently real. they used to call him Young Sax the Ghost. Apparently all of this happened when he was like a kid. Like not an adult. Oh. They yeah, were all seeing my mind. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I see this I see really it. dumb adult. Yeah. What was his rap name? Young Sax the Ghost. It does sound like a rap name, doesn't it? Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> there, there's you know a what that sounds... oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that sounds like a tiny desk uh concert like Sax the Ghost. I could totally see that. <laughs> There's a submission in Yakuza 5, I think it is, where a character is att someone's attempting to kill him because he's, like, investigating something. And so, like, you're walking down the street, and then, like, it's literally like Looney Tunes. Like, like a vase falls from the sky from nowhere, <laughs> or, like, a piano or something. I don't remember. But it happens, like, eight times in a row. Like, cars almost hit him. And he's just like, I'm starting to feel like someone's trying to kill me like it's, it's great and it's always a very dramatic like very japanese cutscene. he's like oh, oh and you have to quick time press x and back flip away it's like it's very stupid oh man that would be crazy like a like a really challenging japanese quick time like anime quick time i didn't think about that until you mentioned that would be kind of challenging like god of war but just really on steroids like you've got to be well that's kind of like how heavy rain and detroit becoming human beyond two souls those games are are pretty they're oh is it the one where you can yell sean yeah yeah Jason. That's the heavy rain that's the <laughs> Jason. oh it is sean too isn't it it's the other kid <laughs> that's heavy rain right yeah, yeah yeah i never played it but i know of that game because of that meme whatever you want to call it that i bug. love anything where like it's not supposed like the developers just complete oversight that you can just spam this button and he'll just keep screaming it. Another thing, recently we played Mass Effect Andromeda on the One Hour One Decision podcast, and this kind of got patched out, so it's not as egregious. But back then, I I implore you to go look up Mass Effect Andromeda, like glitchy face, like funny montages, oh, yes. stuff like stuff. I have watched these several times, actually. <laughs> they yeah, so you're familiar. Like they would have like looping animations that were about like a, like three quarters of a second long. But they were dramatic, so they were expecting you to pick a, a decision, uh, <laughs> like a like a dialogue choice. But if you just sit there, they'll just sit there and like move their head and like be. It's like really... finish him. It is like <laughs> like Mortal Kombat, yeah. Perfect. All right, I think we can end it there. So this has been Gaming Together. Maybe we can figure out how to punch this guy next time. Thanks again, Audio Pong, for coming out, and see you co-op partners later. See ya. Bye. Peace. Bye-bye now.